One is a Buckeye. Kyle, you are an absolute failure. One is a Wolverine. Jordan, you have to be trying to suck this much. Somehow they are still friends. It's Buck and Blue. Hi, welcome to Buck and Blue. As always, I'm Jordan, a.k.a. Buck, and with me, as always, is my trusted sidekick, Kyle, a.k.a. Blue. What's up, Kyle? I don't think you'd call Batman a sidekick. <laughs> but you would call Robin a sidekick. Moving on! <laughs> I hate you. Come on, Kyle. Clearly, you are the sidekick in this in this scenario, right? Oh! I, mean, I wasn't I, aware I of that. that. That's pretty clear. I mean... I mean, my name's Buck, your name's Blue. I'm not going to have this fight right now. We will fight this out at another time. Why Why do you get to pick, to pick the time of the fight? Why can't <laughs> I pick the time of the fight? Because right now we're here to talk about sports. Kyle, just know I will round arousy you right here, right now. We could do a whole segment on the fact that you just said I will round arousy you and not some other male fighter right now. That is absolutely true, but I believe it sends the message loud and clear what I plan on doing to you. I will Batman you right in the face <laughs> if you even think about Ronda rousing me. I'll take your arm I'd, bar. See, Batmaning someone in the face, Batmaning someone in the face, I don't know if that, that doesn't bring up a clear image to me of what's going to happen to me. Exactly, because it would be dark, you wouldn't suspect it, and it would come at you from the shadows. <laughs> And tear you apart. Now I'm literally afraid. Like, what are you planning on doing? Well, Jordan, no one is going to stop me. Wow. Okay. <laughs> With that, we will launch into our first and favorite segment every week, and that is Buck and Blues. Sucks to be you. Let me tell you why I suck. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. It's Buck and Blues. Sucks to be you. Sucks to be me right now. This isn't my favorite segment. Don't speak for me like that. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Kyle. I just assumed, uh, since it's my favorite segment, and since I am not the sidekick in this situation, you would just follow along. <laughs> you assumed incorrectly. Now, who sucks other than you? Whatever. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, my sucks to be you this week is one of the greatest uh, stories of all time. I think when I saw this, I had an audible belly laugh. Like <laughs> with this team, how can things get any worse? They are just the biggest losers in all of the NFL. And if you don't know who I'm talking about yet, but clearly I'm talking about the New York Jets and their quarterback Geno Smith. Uh, <laughs> if you missed this story, which I don't know how you could, I K. Ike, Ick, Ennem Kapali. I have no idea if I'm saying that name right or not. Nobody Do you know does. How to say that name, Kyle. Ike okay. Ennem Kapali. You know, all you need to know is that he was a linebacker for the Jets. Sixth round pick. Was sixth round pick. Apparently, something about one of either he paid for Geno Smith's airplane ticket or vice versa, something or other. Anyway, this guy and Geno Smith getting into a, get into an argument in the locker room. And it gets fairly heated. Their head coach, Todd Bowles, said it was an argument that six-year-olds could uh, figure out and handle better. Anyway, long story short, N.M. Kapali punches Geno Smith in the face, breaks his jaw, 
and Gino Smith is now out for a considerable considerable amount of the season. Six to ten weeks. Six to ten weeks of the season. Just, I mean, you're talking half the Jets season right there. And I, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. It's ridiculous. Your sixth-round draft pick comes in and punches your starting quarterback in the face and knocks him out. It's a not non-football-related injury. It's just you have two guys who act like idiots, and this happens. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. So I guess my sucks to be you. This should I, who should my sucks to be you be? Should it be Geno Smith or should it be Jets fans? I mean, you could say both, I guess. Yeah, I mean, bigger picture, long term, it's probably the fans because Smith well, will come back. You, but Smith, you could heard... argue that this is a blessing in disguise, though. You could say, hey, Geno Smith's out. This guy did the Jets fans a favor. Oh, yeah, and I mean, I guess if you were to come up to me and just say, hey, who do you want as your quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Geno Smith, I'd still take Fitzpatrick. But Yeah, I think I probably would too, just because of how horrible Geno Smith looked at times last season. Yeah. Um, one of the best tweets that I saw coming out of this whole thing is somebody said, sources say Geno Smith threw the first punch, but it was a couple yards short. <laughs> Uh, Gino Smith interception jokes never get old. I mean, this is the team with the butt fumble. They just fired their head coach. And that head coach, incidentally, picked up the guy who punched Yeah, now he's playing the Buffalo. Yeah, so the the sucks to me was definitely not IK. He punched a guy, broke his jaw, and boom, 24 hours later, he's on another team. All right, Kyle, who's your sucks to be you this week? Yep, my sucks to be you, and this is as much and as close to talking to Flategate as we will ever get on this podcast. Uh, but the sucks to be you is nothing really to do with that except for the, the courtroom sketch artist, Jane Rosenberg. This last week, she like she was in the court proceedings with Tom Brady, Roger Goodell, doing a sketch. And I don't know if you've seen it, Jordan, but the sketch looks terrible. Like, it's awful. Yeah, and everyone's, I just saw it. Now, oh, everyone's yes. kind of in consensus on that, that it does look awful. But it sucks to be her, not because it's awful. I mean, she's covered a ton of, like, major court cases in that area. New York, I read this thing. She's done, like, Martha Stewart and a whole bunch of stuff over the last, like, so many years. Anyway, my sucks to view is Jane Rosenberg, because after this sketch, like, got released publicly, her email and Twitter and everything blew up on her and was so, like, violently, aggressively insulting toward her work that... I just think it's, like, out of proportion, and she's just a sketch artist and wants to be left alone, and yet uh-huh. the the weight and angst of the sports world has just kind of fell on her for a few hours. So she's quoted in this thing that, like, people are seeking me out in private emails and saying really mean things, she said. People who want to be art critics and mean-spirited, nasty. It just makes me want to laugh. They're sad losers. She also later in the article Dang. apologized <laughs> for not making Tom Brady more handsome. It the I'm looking at the picture now and it does kind of look like a zombie courtroom. If a bunch of zombies had legal proceedings in suits, I think she nailed it. <laughs> but so maybe the real loser is everyone who has to look at the sketch. You know, maybe the real loser is Tom Brady and Roger Goodell. But you know what I should have done is the real loser, us sports fans for having to listen to this deflate gate crap for the last seven I months. I know. I'm so tired we, of it. Just, just yep. suspend him. Get yeah. it over with. No, no, we're not going to talk. This is 
I don't even spend time. You know who the sketch actually kind of reminds me of? It kind of reminds me. I just watched Fargo for the first time this past week. Yeah, uh, I have First seen time it. I'd ever seen it. Steve Buscemi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, it, like, the, the picture is yep. so horrifying that it kind of reminds me of Steve Buscemi. And it's not a... It's not a, like, sterling regard for Steve Buscemi. Well, right, but even in the movie Fargo, it's hilarious because they there's parts in the movie where they describe, like, they're trying to describe Steve Buscemi, and there's multiple witnesses that they go up to, and they ask, like, well, what did the guy look like? And he goes, oh, you know, he's just a little guy, kind of funny looking. And they go, okay, in what way was he funny looking? And they go, just in a general sort of way. And that's all they leave it at. It's hilarious. Uh, and it's just multiple witnesses say the same thing. So it's it's pretty funny. <laughs> well, Steve Buscemi is kind of funny yep, looking and that's in what, a general sort of way. That's what Tom Brady looks like in real life, right? Yeah. Funny looking. She nailed it. Nailed it. Sucks to be me right now. Uh, all right. Speaking of nailing it, you know who nailed it this last uh, week? Who? This last Thursday night? Who nailed it? The Detroit Lions. They won a preseason game. Yep. It was awesome. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> it's like it's like winning a practice. It is like winning a practice. But we won. But you know what? You'd rather win that practice than lose that practice. Yeah, and here's okay. Here's why I say they were on point or sharp. It's because they. Like, in comparing the two teams, and coincidentally, we did play the Jets this last Thursday. I know. Um, but when the Lions played, it looked like they were practicing and sharp. Like, it didn't yeah. look complicated or crazy, but, like, they were going through the motions, and those motions were easy. Yes. I, I agree with you. easy to do those things. The Whereas offense the Jets looked strong. Were like, yeah, the Jets looked like they were straight from the Benny Hill theme song music video mm-hmm. and just confused and disorganized. And I like that, like, it seemed like we had a calm, like, veteran, we know what to do, we're going to go do it, and then we're done. Let's let's put in our work, let's do what we need to do, and then, yeah. and then we're done. I mean, Stafford was two for two, 57 yards. They go down, right down the field and score a touchdown. Uh, yep. And that's all you need from them. I mean, you don't yeah, need anything well, else. And it, it just looked like a nonchalant kind of a practice scenario where they did what was expected, and then that was then it was done. That's the type of thing that you hope they can carry into the uh, regular season because I think all those great offenses that you usually see, uh, like the most dominant offenses in NFL history, which I'm not saying the Lions are there at all, um, but that's the type of thing. They make it just look easy. They just walk, like, walk right down the field. Um, oh, yeah. And that's how the Lions at least looked for that one drive Thursday night. They looked like they were in complete control. Yeah. And it's not like the Jets' defense is a terrible defense. I mean, last year, I mean, this is still, uh, yardage-wise, it's still a top-ten-ranked defense. Um, so it's not like the sternest test they're going to see. Um, but it's still still a pretty good defense. Um so it's nice to at least see the first team come out, uh, put some points on the board, uh, and get done, get things done. So the first team looked good, and part of the first team last night or the the other day was uh, Amir Abdullah, and I know you're uh, interested to talk about him. So he had a few great runs. I mean, he looked good, and there's been a lot of noise surrounding him. Uh, what do you what do you think of? 
specifically his performance and then kind of the hype going into the season with this guy. Yeah, I mean, that the hype meter on Amir Abdullah went from like 0 to 11 in one game. I think I've been hearing hype for the last few weeks, though. Not to okay, well, I think it greatly, so. I think it greatly picked up. Yeah. After everybody saw what he was capable of, um, I especially the, think nationally the hype jumped. I've I've seen a lot more stuff nationally. But I mean, he showed you what he can do. I mean, he there was a couple plays there where he what, looked shifty. I mean, he made cuts in the backfield that put a defender out of position, and then he was able to gain some yards after that. He looked like what Reggie Bush was not. You know what I mean? Yeah, He's, that's a good way to put it, because... I mean, Amir Abdullah was making the cuts and making the moves that you hoped Reggie Bush would be able to make, but we had not at all seen from Reggie Bush. So hopefully that's the type of player we're getting, that little change of pace back who can catch the ball out of the backfield and make a, make a guy miss. He's not going to go in and break any tackles. I mean, he's so much smaller than uh, the linebackers and the defensive tackles out there that his only option is to find a seam and make a guy miss here and there. So hopefully he is the, you know, the lightning to Joy Bell's thunder, you know what I'm saying, uh, and can be that change of pace back that we bring in and makes a catch out of the backfield. The one thing I did notice, what I would love is if Abdullah had a little bit more speed, because I think you saw he doesn't have that top-end speed where he's just going to break away from people. Um, really? He's not job at best. I could be wrong, but from what I saw in the preseason game, I don't think he has the speed to completely just break away from people down the field. If he's being pursued, uh, I don't think his speed is good enough to just outrun somebody to the end zone. Okay. Obviously, we'll see more. The other thing I'm worried about is there are a couple plays. Even I think the he had like a 45-yard run, and on that 45-yard run, he was carrying that ball way out away from his body. I mean, that thing was like a loaf of bread just hanging out there. Um, And I think he's lucky he didn't fumble the ball at the end there. So that's one thing I'm going to be watching for from here is, are we going to see a lot of fumbles from this kid? Because if we do, then you're going to see Joyke way more than you see him. I don't think Jim Caldwell is going to tolerate a bunch of fumbles. Not to say if he fumbles the ball once, he's done. But you know what I mean? You're going to go with the guy who's going to hold on to the football and move you down the field. But, I mean, I if he's doing all this, um, the hope is is that this is the missing piece to the Lions' offense, right? Because, I mean, where else can you improve? Where else can you improve on from, the offense? From, from last year, you can definitely improve on tight end. That's true. If you can I'll, get, if you can get you Coria back or Ebron performs better, you've, you've automatically improved. So there's, there's another. But I understand a speed back is, is something that we've, Tried with uh-huh. David Best and tried with Reggie Bush, and it just doesn't. We just seem to be swinging and missing on those those receiver or those uh, running backs. So, uh, so with the performance that Amir Abdullah put in, he turned a lot of heads. He got a lot of hype or noise, as you would say, rolling. So my question is: is if Joy Bell continues to be out and continues to nurse this injury, takes his time coming back, and Amir Abdullah puts in another solid two or three preseason games here. Do you think he should get the start over Joyke when the start of the regular season comes? Well, do you think he should or do you think he will? What are you asking there? Either one. I mean, do okay. you think 
Do you think there's a legit chance that Amir Abdullah will start at the beginning of the season? Um, at the beginning of the season, maybe if Drake Bell doesn't play. But I think no, overall is my answer. No, I don't think he'll get to start over Drake Bell. You think, so you think Drake Bell is too valuable to make your second string running back? To the Lions right now, yes. Um, one, because some of those concerns you brought up about Abdullah is being untested and unproven. Um, with like turnovers, fumbles, opening space, he can't run through people. Those are mm-hmm. those are concerns that when you're going up against like first team defenses and things like this is the problem with Reggie Bush is we knew he might be able to jump on an 80 yard run for a touchdown, mm-hmm. but we would rather take. We know Joyce Bell is going to get us three or four yards every carry every time. Yeah. Instead of Reggie Bush getting stopped in the backfield or getting stuffed at the line. If Bell can get you three yards, just run him as a horse, and you know Bell might get you a first down once in a while or even catch a pass from the backfield, and it just wasn't worth the Reggie Bush risk. Now, granted, a couple a couple plays a game, and Bush takes off, that could change the whole game. So I get the value there. But I think as far as a proven back who can run through people, Bell's going to be the guy you want to lean on and rely on. Plus, being a veteran, I think that accounts. It doesn't count for something in that, oh, he's a veteran, he should get the start, but, oh, he's a veteran, we know what we have in him. Yeah. And I think I think you're going to see a lot of Abdullah, just like we saw two years ago with Bush and Bell. They had they both had, what, you know, 500 yards receiving yeah. and, like, 1,000 yards rushing or something ridiculous. Maybe I mixed those up. but I think it's as they, a combo they had that. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, as a combination, they took down a lot of stats, and I would assume or at least anticipate that that's how they want to use these two different running backs with their different styles. And along with the noise I've heard coming out of camp and something they intentionally did not do in the Jets game with Abdullah was they did not throw to Abdullah out of the backfield because they believe yeah. this kid can do that, and it's he's a huge weapon with that. And I think, like, that... I was going to say, I noticed on the stat line, he did not catch a pass. But everything I've read from practice is that he's really good at it. And so that's something they want to keep under wraps until the season, or at least keep uh, keep that hand close close to the chest there. I gotcha. Play. So, so um, I mean, overall, the Lions rushing on Thursday night, they ran the ball 40 times for 193 yards, which is a 4.8 yards per carry average. That's um, good enough. Yeah, I mean, that's fantastic. So I don't know how good this is on Abdullah or how bad this is of an indictment on the Jets' defense. And because I mean, I don't think we're going to learn that the preseason anyway. Not be, not any preseason. But if oh, we, absolutely. If we play the Jags, the Jets, the Redskins. I think the Lions saw better players in practice against their own <laughs> team than they did against especially the Jets' offense the other day. So Fair enough. That is fair enough. So to your point, what does it matter? It doesn't. I am more concerned with going into this season more than Stafford, more than the receivers, more than the tight ends, even more than Amir Abdullah. Like all these offensive pieces seem to be like the buzz and the talk and the hype of the Lions team this year. Obviously the defense too, coming back is another strong team, whatever. There's those stories. But what I am holding my breath for to see is how this offensive line establishes itself. We've got huge changes on the inside 
Dominic Raiola was a center for the last like 13 years. And then we've got players like Riley Reef who have been switching positions the last few years, trying to find a role, trying to maintain depth at different positions as guys get injured. Um, and speaking of injuries, we've had Larry Warford out last year, who will yeah. now be back. So we get a guy who was huge two years ago and extremely valuable to line back. And I think as, as guys get shuffled and fall into place and Lakin Tomlinson finds his rhythm, finds his, his place there, I think this could go one of two ways. They've drafted high on the offensive line the last few years, and that could result in a very young, very versatile, very strong like offensive line going forward where you see the That's what I'm hoping. four, five, six, seven years. You get this line in front of this one quarterback together, and I think you could see some really good things from the Lions offense in the next you know, five years. Or we got a bunch of young guys who have been pieced together with very little veteran leadership, and it's just kind of, kind of a confused mess this year and moving forward. But the point is, the point is, this is why I'm holding my breath, because those guys come together as a unit, those guys perform really well, and all of a sudden, you're going to see Stafford has more time in the pocket and can make more accurate throws. He needs help with that anyway. Yep. You're going to see holes for these running backs that are bigger or stay open longer or better blocking. or like This offensive line unit is the key to the rest of the offense performing well. I, now, and I think, honestly, I think that's the key to the Lions' success this season. I, um, there you go. The I, defense, I absolutely the defense returning. The defense, as good as it was last season, you can't expect that same defense that you got last season. Right. Losing Sue, I mean, regardless of who you replace him with, you just lost the best defensive tackle in the league. So it's not just something where you expect your defense to show up and do the exact same thing. You may take a step back. So for that reason, you may need to expect the Lions offense to actually win a couple games for you this season. Whereas last season... The Lions pretty much just put up enough points so that the defense could do what they needed to do. Um, and you hope that it's kind of the opposite this year. And that, uh, well, not necessarily the opposite, but you hope that the Lions offense kind of puts it together. I mean, last year they averaged like 20 and a half points a game, I think it was, which is so low considering all the weapons they have. So I, th- I think you're hitting on the fact that this offensive line is kind of the key to what happens with these, these Detroit Lions this season. If the offensive line can show up and put together uh, a string of great outings um, against some good defenses, then I think the sky's the limit for this Lions offense. Yep, I completely agree. And I think I think this year the defense won't be as good, but it won't be bad. It will be good enough to win games if this offense is what we think it can be. So. Yeah, I mean, you can't put so much stock in Sue that he was the entire defense. because no, he. I mean, all. literally, we only have a lot. We only lost one guy. Uh, we still got Darius Slay. And everything I've seen from Darius Slay, like, I, is it weird that I'm getting excited about a corner that we have third um, or fourth year in the league? Uh, and But it just seems like last year he took such a big step forward compared to his rookie season that okay. now I'm just kind of like, can this guy do the same thing again? Can he take another big step forward and uh, Here's where I want to make a Pro Bowl or something? Here's where I want to say, yes, you can get excited. It's because, one, uh, he has shown improvement year to year. Like, every year he's been in the league, he's improved from the previous. So I think that's where you can say, okay, like, 
that's his, his the way he's trending. It's reasonable to expect that he will continue in that. Um, and then the other reason, Terrell Austin, last year completely like retooled the backfield with the corners and safeties, mm-hmm. and that was a huge reason for their success. I think he played to the strengths of those players in those positions much more than Gunther Cunningham did, who kind of fit every player into the same defensive like mold or scheme and just tried yeah. to, to play the same scheme no matter who it was. Then I'm going to – this is, again, now I'm going to jump off reasonable uh, arguments and jump into maybe a, a hopeful practice one, hopeful noise hype one. And that's – I've read some stuff that, like, him – and other corners working with and playing against Johnson and Tate every day in practice has, like, pushed them to, like, their limits. Not that they go and fail every day, but, like, I've read things. It's hard for them to be successful against guys like Golden Tate and Calvin Johnson, so they really have to push themselves to step up. And these were quotes. They weren't interviews, so I really couldn't tell, like, the tone and stuff, but... It, it did get me a little like, okay, all right, if they can if they can push themselves and handle Calvin and Tate, not that they're shutting them down. You don't read that at all. You read Calvin Johnson's stories of doing superhuman Megatron stuff. But if that's yeah, what you I mean, practice against, then eh. But that's the thing, is it's I, I'm <laughs> trying so hard not to actually get excited about the Lions football season because I think – this could yeah. definitely be one of those years where they just came off an 11 win season, yeah. and this could be a heartbreak year where they yeah. just come out and just suck. Um, so they're like seven and nine. Yeah, this could. I can totally see that happening. Yep. I don't I do. want it to. I don't want it to. But I'm trying not to get myself hyped up. But I still think that the addition of Golden Tate. I mean, never since we've had Calvin has he had as good of a number two receiver. As well, we have right now in Golden State, we you look back. Golden's the number one on most other like other teams, and I runs mean, in Seattle, and now we have him as our number two. I know, it, but it's like we have. Uh, you go back through the receivers that Calvin has played with. I mean, you had Roy Williams at the beginning of his career. Roy wasn't a slouch when Calvin no. got there. Roy had a couple good years, but you had Roy Williams, and then I mean Nate Burleson. And nothing against Nate Burleson. I love yeah, Nate Burleson to I death. Too, but right. Golden Tate is better than Nate Burleson ever was as a Lion. Oh, yeah. um, so it's it's just, they have to win, Kyle. <laughs> Jordan, every NFL football fan out there is saying the same thing about their team. But I, I understand. And here's here's why I can tell you it's it's not okay to get excited. But it's not as bad that you're excited this year. Because I feel like with Caldwell and continuity there between coaching staffs and especially Caldwell's presence, I've heard a lot of things from beat reporters like 20 men and Burkett and others that the team has definitely taken the demeanor of Caldwell's like system and personality just in, in a calm, like mature, like down to business attitude. And I know like Caldwell gets a lot of, crap from people poking fun at him for being boring for being like flat yeah freshen and never smiling (laughs) but after schwartz who cares i would so much rather have caldwell who is like a mature adult that's the thing caldwell to me feels like an adult schwartz did not feel like an adult (laughs) let's just 
can we hire an adult as our head coach before we decide well, to we did. or play football? So anyway, point is, other than 11 wins last year, I am sold on Caldwell and the culture he is building in Detroit. It's something we haven't had in my lifetime that I can remember. It's certainly not under Matt Millen. Oh, shit. Yeah. I promised myself I wouldn't say his name. He who must not be named. He who must not be named. And I think it's not okay that you're excited, but it's not nearly as bad as in previous years. Okay. (laughs) So you're telling me there's a chance. (laughs) So you're saying there's a chance. That's what I'm telling you. I just uh, the, the division this year. I mean, everybody's jumping on the Minnesota Vikings bandwagon, and how much better the Vikings are going to be. That's that's Adrian Peterson noise and Teddy Bridgewater noise. And I mean, definitely adding Adrian Peterson back into the division definitely isn't a good thing for the Lions. Um, but I still I don't know if it's something that they can't handle at this point. Right. You know what okay. I mean? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what they're going to do. What they're going to do for that game? They're going to load up to stop. To stop Adrian Peterson, our defense is, and they're mm-hmm. going to make Teddy Bridgewater beat him. And if he makes plays, so be it. But our offense, our offense is good enough to win us those games against Minnesota's defense. So you're predicting a Lions win against Minnesota? Yes. You heard it here first on Buck and Blue. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle going for the W against Minnesota both times, or just one of the two? Hey, whoa, hey now. I'm not going to give out all my picks. Right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Look for that in a later podcast. We will be going game by game, breaking it down, giving you our lines prediction. And since we're both homers, they will probably both be way wrong. We'll be drinking the Honolulu Blue Kool Aid. So speak, speaking of drinking the Kool Aid, speaking of drinking the Kool Aid, oh have you noticed all of the hype for the Michigan Wolverines in this upcoming season? Have I noticed? No. Why? What's going on? With I, is there anything new or different? Or but I don't I don't know what it is, Kyle. Like I'm looking around and it's like all of a sudden like I see Michigan everywhere. It, the the Jim Harbaugh machine is just generating so much buzz around this Michigan program right now. For instance, the other day I'm watching ESPN and sure enough here comes a college football playoff commercial. And sure enough, they you know they run through all their teams. So Michigan's in there, and they 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 had a little two second clip really? of some uh yeah 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 yeah. There's a little clip of involving the Michigan Wolverines, and then the the Fo- there's a Fox Sports bus that's gonna travel the country with Michigan Wolverine colors all over it. And then this one, this last one, is the one that really makes me just like, what what the heck is happening? And that's the Michigan just signed their deal with Nike to have, you know, Nike's doing their jerseys and things now. But now the Michigan jersey is going to feature the Michael Jordan Jumpman logo, which looks great for recruits, no doubt. Uh, A bunch of recruits are going to look at that and love it. But this seems like a lot, a lot, a lot of expectations that are going on to this Michigan football team this season. Whether you like, like... Nothing has been said about how the football team is going to do. But each of these things, I keep seeing the Michigan Wolverines pop up everywhere. And to me, it's building up this sort of fever as we head towards this opening opening week of college football season. So I was wondering if you had any thoughts on this Michigan hype train that is chugging towards the start of college football season. Yeah, gosh, man. Um, well, if you remember back in 
previous podcast, we talked about me not loving or not being sold on the Harbaugh like deal. All this does is intensifies my like anxiety over the season. I am freaking out because there is there is so much noise. You'd think we had won something. You'd think we won a game or we had done anything. Uh, and we've hired Harbaugh, okay. But everyone seems to assume that this translates to wins and Michigan is back in some way or yeah. something different. And I'm I'm like perplexed because like we've seen, we've seen programs and and teams and different things go through the whole gimmick machine and gimmick cycle, and then fall flat on their face. And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with Michigan, but I'm terrified of it happening with Michigan. Yeah. And like right now, the the Ohio State quarterback question marks are between two guys like. Oh, this guy's really good, and oh, this guy's really good too. Which really good quarterback are we gonna have play for our team? Whereas, uh, for all the hype surrounding Michigan, the Michigan quarterback stuff is, oh, this guy's not very good. Oh, and this other guy's not very good. So, which not very good guy do we have start for our team? And I don't like that all this hype is about jerseys and coaches and Michael Jordan and a whole bunch of stuff. That has nothing to do with guys who are going to be on the field this season. Um, if it were up to me, I would have the same jerseys all the time and would not care and would just, like, the strength of our program be what carries all this stuff. And I know that's not the recruiting game anymore. I know Nike University... You're not breaking anybody West, in. <laughs> whatever. I know Nike University out west started this whole, like, just uniform buzz thing. But, and speaking of UC, Nike, I mean, Oregon is going to have uh, glow-in-the-dark jerseys this year. No, I did not see that. Yeah. Why? I, exactly. Why? Because 17-year-old kids love stuff and love gimmicks and I, whatever. I know. Ooh, it's glowing. Yeah. I should go over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's like literally like that's how a bug zapper works. Like it's, it's straight out of a bug's life. Like. Frank, look away from the light. I can't help it. Jordan, look at the jerseys. <laughs> like, like Must play for Oregon. Okay. Well, take a step back. The reason, and I'll explain to you, the reason there's this whole hype thing with Harbaugh is because he's like a celebrity coach and Michigan is one of those celebrity programs. And... Like, those celebrity programs include places like Ohio State, Alabama, Texas. Um, whether they're good or not, they're still super popular. And mm. if you doubt the power of that celebrity status, um, just look at a year ago, Ohio State gets into the national title playoff over other teams in the Big 12 mm-hmm. because they are the celebrity school. If you think... I. Yeah. Did not convince me that them being a celebrity school over Baylor and TCU, which are not celebrity schools, no matter how good their football team is. Like, and okay, let me pose this point. You know what would happen? We would see the same thing happen if Harbaugh had gone to Texas. If Harbaugh went to Texas, Texas is a bad team, a bad program that's down right now. That's true. You would see Texas explode. Um, yeah. And the same every time USC goes through a cycle. 
I think I would even contend if Miami got a big name head coach, you'd see Miami maybe creep up again. But teams like Notre Dame, USC, Texas, Ohio State, Alabama, those are celebrity programs and they're going to get attention in different ways. So if you're a Michigan State fan out there and you're completely butthurt by Michigan getting the attention and the Harbaugh and whatever, because <laughs> I've had this conversation, it's like, hey, or the, the day where Mark D'Antonio went to ESPN, they misspelled his name and they all they did was ask him questions about Harbaugh because Michigan's a, cel- a celebrity school and State's not. Yeah. And no matter how many, you just won four straight bowls. That wouldn't happen to Urban Meyer. I mean, there's no, no way Urban Meyer goes no. into ESPN for an interview and they misspell his name and say, nope. I mean, I'm sure they're going to pose a question to Urban Meyer. What do you think about Jim Harbaugh going to Michigan? But they're not going right. to solely focus on that. It's not like State beat Ohio State last year in the Big Ten title game and then beat Stanford to win a Two years ago. Bowl. Stop it. Two years not, ago. Sorry, not last year. Yeah, two years ago. And, like, State should be, if Michigan had done it, and I hate to say this, I hate to say this, but it's true. If Michigan had done everything that Michigan State had done in the last four years, they absolutely would be like getting all the attention. That That's true. Ohio they, State. They would probably be a top five, you know, top five, yeah, top oh, yeah. ten preseason team. Absolutely. And Michigan State is this season. I mean, Michigan or, State. I think they're six. So let me bring this up to you, Kyle. So this article came out back in the beginning of August, about two weeks ago. The Michigan Wolverines as of August 3rd, were the fifth highest when it comes to being bet on to win the national championship this season. I think I saw that. They're like 100 to 1, aren't they? They're 100 to 1, Yep. but they are fifth in overall bets. Yeah. I, uh, I don't – sorry, what's the question? <laughs> I just wanted a reaction to that. Like there are so many people – who are believing in this Jim Harbaugh revival, That's and not just thing. a not just I, a uh, turnaround, but a uh, instant elevation to no, national championship no. status? Okay, I'll tell you this: one, it won't be that high, but if if he does do an instant ready turnaround, ready mix, quick something, and we do win eleven games and win a bowl game, we won't get into the playoff this year, but into the bowl game. Why is that going to be sustainable? I don't see anything in Harbaugh's career or maybe Michigan in their status and getting recruits, but, like, I don't trust Harbaugh to stick around. Like, he didn't stick around Stanford. He didn't stick around 49ers. Both had success. They didn't get to the top, and he left. Mm-hmm. And he's a jerk. And I think and you, you hate him. The... And you hate him. I think... By 2020, Harbaugh's going to be out again. There, I said You know, it. our show would be so you much heard more it entertaining if you were just like uh, Jim Harbaugh slappy. Like, if you were like, Jim Harbaugh's going to come no. in, he's going to bring everything up, Michigan's going to roll through the Big Ten schedule, and I'm going to make $3,000 because I put 30 bucks down <laughs> to win the national title. No way. You're one of the people who bet on them, aren't they? Aren't you, Kyle? Maybe I have 40 bucks on them. I can barely hear you right now. What did you just say? I said, maybe, maybe I have 40 bucks on them. <laughs> so $4,000. Shut up. I mean, really, I mean, at 100 to 1, I mean, why not put 10 bucks down, though, at this point, right? Yeah, that's, I think, what you're seeing. But I, I'm not drinking the Harbaugh Kool-Aid. I don't like what's happening. I think I think their ceiling is 8 and 5. They will not 
cannot win more than eight games. Do you think eight and five is the Michigan Wolverines record this season? No, I think it's their ceiling. At best? At best. Okay. I think they will they will lose to OSU and MSU. I'm just I'm nervous about Harbaugh and the success because I would rather see a build up program that develops players and a coach that's there for 10 years and makes Michigan a powerhouse over it's, time. I mean, it sounds to me like you're more just worried that Harbaugh's going to bolt. Like, you, it sounds to me more like you're not worried about Harbaugh as a coach, but you're more worried that he's just going to take, you know, take his money and run after a couple of years. Yeah, well, that is the primary fear, but I'm afraid that, like, we saw an 11-win Sugar Bowl winning team the first year Hoke came in, and everyone yep. had a giant parade. And then there was the opposite side that said, no, those are Rich Rods guys that he won with. And then we saw a steady decline. I don't think that will happen. But I'm afraid that if and when he builds the program up and it's built, that he's gonna, like he's not going to stick around. And I, I guess I get the, the climate of college coaching right now, that you get your chance and then you're fired. But I think that longevity and sustainability is important and what we need. You know, Kyle, it just must suck having a volatile coaching situation. It just must be rough. That's all I'm saying. Urban Meyer's going to be at Ohio State forever, so I don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> He's never going to leave. Ever. <laughs> don't leave me, Urban. If, if Urban Meyer were to leave Ohio State in the next two years, like, I, I would... You would find me weeping, like clutching my pillow, like. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be laughing. Jordan, I have this dream of watching Michigan beat Ohio State at the horseshoe one time just to stuff it in your face and to be victorious. What a dream. Hasn't happened under Urban Meyer yet. Has not happened. Hey, and Urban's a good coach. He's done a lot with a lot of programs, but he's also he bailed on Florida after a couple of national titles. Why would he? Well, that's because why, why is he going to stick around for you? Because he loves us, Kyle. He wouldn't do that to us. <laughs> that's what Florida thought too. Well, Florida isn't as hot as we are. Okay. Fine, but as long as we're talking about Ohio State, we got a few players that made news a few weeks ago with some suspensions. Some dumb stuff going on with some dumb decisions. Yeah, some really and, stupid stuff. And it sounds like now they're gonna they're gonna miss the first season, uh, the first regular season game against Virginia Tech. What do you think about those suspensions? Was right or wrong? What do you think about one game? And are you worried about Ohio State against Virginia Tech now with those suspensions? No, I'm not at all worried. More than anything, this whole situation just ticks me off. This is the only team you lost to last season, and it was an embarrassing loss. <laughs> like, as though as Joey Bosa and any of those other guys, you should want to come into this game and just truck Virginia Tech and just, you know, show them who's boss. And Joey Bosa, like, more than anything, this whole thing with Joey Bosa just disappoints me, beat, like, immensely. Just because... Joey Bosa is supposed to be your leader on defense. He's supposed to be the guy who brings the defense together and leads them to where they should, where they want to go. And to get suspended for the first game for marijuana is just, what are you, what are you doing? Like, there's, 
there's just zero point in doing this. Well, Jordan, he had to get high. But he had to. Yeah, dude. Life's tough. A lot of lows in life. So it's time it's to get high. It's not tough for him. The boosters probably gave him that marijuana. No. Along with hundreds and hundreds of dollar bills <laughs> <in> cash. <laughs> you have no proof. <laughs> you have no proof of that. You're probably like, hey, take this bag made of hundred dollar bills. Inside is filled with marijuana and whatever else you might need. Whatever. Really, I mean, I'm not at all worried about this Virginia Tech game. I think, I think they should, and they will beat Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is a was a bad team last season, and somehow we still lost to them. I don't think it's going to happen twice in a row. I don't think it can happen twice in a row, and if it does, you will see me again clutching my pillow in a room crying. <laughs> like, and literally, if they lose that first game, that will be a dark, dark day. But I don't think it's going to happen. I, it can't happen. There's it no won't be a dark day for me. It will be an awesome day for me. I, here's the thing, though. If, if you're in my face laughing, if Ohio State somehow loses to Virginia Tech, you know I'm pulling up the footage of that blocked field goal against Appalachian State. It's it's the go-to every time. Yeah. It From now until the time Christ returns <laughs> and the world is, is ended, and everything is over. Like, we won't be able to live that down or that get is, over that. Yep. You shouldn't. I mean... There's nothing that can happen. Because something would have to happen to every other college football team that was that bad. And Michigan would... Have, like, even if we win, like, three national titles in a row, people could just troll us with that, that video. And, that's, and it's like, hey... And we wouldn't care. We'd be winning titles, but... Until something like that happens, like we we can't. I still look back at it. I, and I hate it. I can't believe I still look back at that game and cannot believe they lost that game. You had Chad Henney, you had Mike Hart, you had Mario Manningham, you had all these guys. I uh, it still boggles my mind to this day. I'm I'm still happy about it. You should know. Uh, still a great day. Whatever. <laughs> Anyway, I don't think Ohio State could possibly lose to Virginia Tech. I'm super excited. I just needed to get here. I mean, I know. we're, what, three or four weeks away, and I'm just ready for football to start. I'm tired of baseball. Tigers aren't doing anything. They're not going to do anything. I'm ready for baseball season to end and get going with football. Uh, the Lions and Ohio State, that's where my head's at right now. I'm, I'm ready for it to get going. I'm, I'm antsy, Kyle. Well, that's... That's on account of all the drugs and the marijuana you've been smoking with your defense. Well, you know, when Joey Bosa comes up to you and he's like, hey, dude, <laughs> we're, we're going to get an eye. And you can't be like, nah, I'll pass, guys. <laughs> I'll pass. I'm like, uh, I, got the, I got the season coming up. Okay. Well, I'm, I know. I'm excited, too. And, and we'll do a, a season preview, uh, breaking down the schedule for the uh, but- VR college football teams and stuff in, in later episodes. I can but, I can um, tell you what my Ohio State prediction is going to be right now. I don't want to hear it right now. Because every right. Buckeye fan uh, thinks, we're going back to the title. We're going to win again. We're going back. Okay, okay. I want, I, no, here, here's down. the thing. I want to hear your prediction for Ohio State schedule. I want to hear All your right. honest prediction for Ohio State schedule. That's what we should okay. do. You should predict Ohio State schedule and I'll predict Michigan's schedule. 
<laughs> and then we can rebut. Oh and eleven. Ohio State. <laughs> then we get each team gets gets to the game against each other at 0 and eleven. <laughs> One team has to get a win. Oh uh, no, they end in a tie. It's oh and eleven and one. <laughs> I would hate that. Uh, man. Okay. Well, those that's coming up in later episodes. But before we wrap it up in this episode, I do have a fun fact for you. And this is a fun fact in honor of Jacob Boone, who likes our podcast, and he told me about it. And oh, so, hey, Jake. Jake, yeah. I love so, Jake, you. You're the best for listening to us and our crap. So thank you. Um, and this is somewhat animal-themed, but also English-language-themed. I think you'll enjoy this. Ready? Fun fact. Ready. The sentence. Ready for the sentence. The, the sentence. sentence quote. Ready? Air quotes. <clears throat> the quick brown fox jumps over a lazy dog. Yeah, it contains all the letters of the alphabet. <laughs> uses every letters of the alphabet. Hell, everyone knows that. No, they don't. Everyone knows that. No, they don't. But what about this fun fact? That. Did you know male rabbits are called bucks and female rabbits are called does? Oh, I was so hoping you were going to say blues. <laughs> <laughs> male rabbits are called bucks and female rabbits are called blues. Uh, <laughs> nope. But, you know, did you know that podcast sidekicks are called blues, Kyle? That's my fun <laughs> fact of the day for you. Did you know that podcast idiots are called bucks? Well, that's true. Nothing. I don't. This is not. A, this is not a sidekick in leadership, kind of a dynamic here. Well, it's a big brother, little brother dynamic here right now. Whoa! This is about to be a Kyle punches Jordan in the face dynamic. What? You're allowed. So Michigan fans are allowed to call Spartan fans uh, little brothers, but now, now I can't do the same to you. That's that's a little rude, don't you think? No, it's just true. We're allowed, and you're not. <laughs> Okay, that's it. We're done. I'm out. Thanks for joining us on Bucking Blue. Uh, if, if you would like to weigh in on which of us is the hero and which of us is the sidekick, hit us up on Twitter at Bucking Blue. We are more than ready to hear those responses. Uh, and I am more than ready to punch me. Jordan in the face. It's whatever you vote, it's going to end up with Jordan getting punched in the face. So win, win, win for all of us. I really don't want to get punched in the face. You know, I'm just going to go get Joey Bosa. And we'll try, <laughs> you know, get score some cannabis, and then we'll be fine. You know, I won't even feel it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get Ik to come over and punch you in the mouth. Ick, Ick. Uh, All right, thanks for joining us today on Bucking Blue. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Later. Congratulations, you just listened to Buck and Blue. Don't you feel better?